I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish. And this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. It's Dean Jackson and Joe Polish. Welcome to I Love Marketing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dean, we're going to do something uh, pretty interesting here where we're going to talk about Genius Network Scorecard. And this is a concept from Dan Sullivan. This is something mm-hmm. that you have, we, we're both uh, utilizing this tool and we're going to share with all of our I Love Marketing listeners a concept um, that I think you'll be able to utilize with identifying uh, the qualities and characteristics and mindsets of your clients to determine kind of where they're at. There's all kinds of different applications that you can utilize this for. Uh, Dean, I'm going to pass this over to you in in just a second so you can kind of frame what we're going to do here, but we're going to kill multiple birds with one stone with this episode. One, we're going to share what we feel will be useful and valuable to all our listeners. Secondly, we're going to go through a scorecard. We're going to put uh, the example of what we're going to talk about up on uh, ilovemarketing.com so you can uh, download and see a copy of what it is that we're actually talking about. If you're listening to this while you're driving or exercising or doing a handstand or whatever, you can you know go go, go later. You know because I've been doing a lot of yoga lately and I'm not very good at handstands yet. Um, however, uh, you, you never know where someone's listening to this podcast, right? There could be they could be cooking right now. They could be hang gliding. Uh, you know, they could be some sort of extreme sport, jumping, anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, hopefully not any sort of intimate, you know, encounters. Although we have been told that I love marketing is one of the most seductive forms of foreplay oh, with yeah. a little bit of Marvin Gaye playing in the background or so. I, I, I really don't know, but, um, you know, you could be, there's, there's all kinds of places you could be listening to. I love marketing and we hope that it, it infiltrates every aspect of, of your life. Uh, but we have the scorecard. So we're going to talk about that. And also Dean, you have your 90 minute book process and, Dean is going to use this conversation, assuming what we talk about is useful, and we're going to actually put it into uh, a book, uh, a short book, to kind of uh, you know explain and teach this, which we can make available to everyone that's listening if they're you know if they're cool and they subscribe to I Love Marketing dot you know dot com, which they can do on iTunes and different other places, and blah blah blah. So. Why don't right. you frame this, uh, Dean, on what we're going to accomplish today and how people need to think about this so they get the most out of this episode? Well, I think that the scorecards have really been um, you know, an incredible idea for letting people know where they stand on something. You know, we were both, uh, you were just at your strategic coach workshop in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, right? And I was at mine in, in Toronto um, kind of a couple of weeks before that. But the the big focus this um, quarter is on is on scorecards. And I think there's really something valuable about being able to, on one piece of paper, see where you stand 
in regards to something. I mean, we're seeing lots of different people um, using these scorecards. I've done the my uh, profit activator scorecard, which talks about the eight uh, profit activators as mindsets. And I've got in my hand right now, your genius network scorecard, which has the eight mindsets of what would you call what we're looking at here with your genius network scorecard? Well, you know, it's, it's literally called the genius network scorecard, but it's, it's yeah. a way to identify, you know, who the people are and what, you know, why don't I do this? Why don't I go ahead and read the mindsets so that people, yeah, let's... these, these are the, I'll just do an overview of the mindsets and we can go through each of the different ways that we score these on one through 12. And again, yeah. I want to give a shout out to our good friend, Dan Sullivan at strategic coach, because he's the one that created this uh, process. And you know, we should do he, a, uh, we should do a follow-up episode with him to really get the explanation of, uh, of scorecards, but this will yeah, be yeah, yeah. Well, years as an example. Yeah, we, we did. And by the way, I just recently did an episode w- uh, with uh, Dan, and you and Dan did one too. That's on 10xtalk.com. If you want to see different examples of this, the number 10xtalk.com. Um, but yeah, there's there's eight characteristics, and in, in these are mindsets of people that are the Genius Network members. And so these are sort of the ways that, and I've taken a couple of my Genius Network groups through this scorecard so that they can rate themselves in all of these different mindsets. So the first one is ambitious. The second is a driven doer. You know, they're driven, um, but they do stuff because there's driven people that don't do anything. (laughs) And then there's giver and generous. So it's giver slash generous because I tend to want people in, well, not tend to, I want people that are in Genius Network that are givers, not takers. And so I really like uh, successful people that are also incredibly givers. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 useful. They take care. And then the the fourth one is fun achievers. So achieving with misery happens to a lot of people. They're achievers, but they're not fun. They're just you know, there's something about them. They're uptight. They're very corporate. They're very whatever. So fun achievers. How does someone rate themselves? Uh, they respect marketing. I mean, now this could be said of people that listen to I Love Marketing. I don't think anyone would be listening to I Love Marketing if they weren't interested in it, but that doesn't necessarily mean they, they always understand it. It's not it like we misled it. them with the title. Correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, you know, we've talked about this in the earlier episodes, and if you're kind of a new listener to I Love Marketing, man, the best damn marketing education on the planet just go to episode number one and start listening, you know, to all of our episodes from the very beginning. Because what we always talk about on I Love Marketing, it's it's rare that it's timely. Most of what we talk about is principle-based, timeless, you know, yeah. strategies and, 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 you know, philosophical ways of, of, of looking at selling and persuasion and influence. And so one of the biggest obstacles that me and Dean have talked about in previous episodes is that we can teach people the very best marketing strategies on the planet, but if they don't have a respect for it, they don't utilize it, they don't place value on it. And in the same way that, you know, you, you look at all the areas of, of your life, the things that you respect is what gets your attention. And so if yeah. you want your marketing to do better, you know, how much do you actually, you know, revere it and respect it? Um, right. the, the six is coachable. You know, how coachable is someone? I mean, they could be uh, ignorant and very coachable, and then you can teach them, or they can be very smart 
and very bright, but they're not very coachable. So, you know, do they come at things with a beginner's mind? And this is important for Genius Network because the vast majority of my uh, clients are running multi-million dollar businesses, and some of them are running multi-multi-multi-million dollar businesses. You know, I have a few people in Genius Network that run, you know, uh, 100 million, 400 million, um, a billion dollar companies. And so these are, you know, very successful people. And what happens with some people that are successful is they aren't very coachable at times. And I remember this conversation I had with Dan Sullivan when he had his million dollar group where, you know, people had to make a million dollars to, uh, to, you know, to even attend net right. income, mm-hmm. to, to even attend that group. Uh, one of the things that he ran into as an obstacle, which he never considered with that sort of group is that some of the problems, there was a, a couple of people in the group where their biggest dilemma was, you know, where are they going to park their private plane and, and, and when they flew in and, you know, stuff like that. And it, it became like, well, you know, th- th- even though they have money, the, those couple of people are pain in the ass. So uh, how coachable is someone? The seventh one is lead by example. And then the uh, eighth one is is a seeker. I mean, you're pursuing you know, you're pursuing learning stuff. And and there's different types of seekers. You know, one of the things that I've learned uh, being, a, being an addict is that sometimes the seeking of personal development and self-help and improvement and the continual learning actually undermines accomplishing things. I mean, uh-huh. you can get really, you know, and this is coming from a guy who spent, you know, $2 million on my own education and, and a good portion of that being, you know, therapy. Uh, and, and a lot of times the seeking uh, becomes a negative thing. So it's, you know, the way that I would like to say seeking is, you know, you can seek to be happy, which is more of an internal thing, although the external certainly impacts it. I mean, it's, I, I, don't, I don't care how much someone is, you know, great at meditating and, and getting a proper mindset if you're, you know, sitting in 126 you know, degree weather, like in the middle of Arizona, you know, outside Uh all day long, it's, I I think it would be hard to be happy. I don't care, you know, how evolved and conscious you are. So certainly the external world affects, you know, how you feel internally. Uh, But from a seeking of happiness, that really is an inside job. Now, an outside job of how well does your business do is seeking like, what the hell am I actually doing? I mean, am I using strategies that are working? Am I hiring the right sort of people? So, you know, what, we're looking for people that are seeking uh, continual uh, achievement and growth and, and betterment, and how do they rate up? So those are the those are the uh, the eight mindsets: ambitious, uh, driven, doer, generous, uh, giver, and generous, fun achievers, respect marketing, coachable, lead by example, and seeker. And, and then so we have let's, let's set the stage for a second for anybody listening, like how this scorecard works. Those are the those are the contextual mindsets that you're using to um, that you've found as the characteristics of the the people who are um, in Genius Network. And now, what we're going to do is look at the degrees to which people would rate themselves on each of these um, on each of these mindsets. So kind of breaking it down into um, four columns where, and we'll post up the scorecard in the notes so people can see what we're actually um, talking about, but there's four columns with the numbers one to 12 on them. So somebody could rate themselves 
if they agree with the statement in that box, a one, two, or three, or a four, five, six, or a seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. And the idea is that you recognize yourself in these statements and say, this is where I am in the ambitious mindset. So let's walk through ambitious, Joe. And yeah, and, and, you can and let's just explain how those go. Yeah, what does ambitious mean? Yes, and, and I just want to reiterate what you just mentioned. As you're listening to this, kind of, uh, you know, if you don't have the scorecard in front of you, just kind of think, you know, how do I rate? So one to three, the first one is you feel that everything important in your life lies in the past and there's nothing ahead. And that's how you would look at ambitious, your mindset about it. The second category, four through six, you're increasingly anxious and frustrated about running out of time and energy to achieve your biggest goals. Uh, then seven, eight, and nine, you're confident that everything you've already accomplished will keep you moving forward. And 10 through 12, you continually expand your vision of your future after each new achievement and success. Mm-hmm. And then the last column is a way just to categorize all of them. So you rate yourself, you know, one through 12, where would you kind of land? So if you're in the middle of, you know, the third column, which is you're confident about everything you've already accomplished will keep you moving forward. You you give yourself an eight if you're leaning more towards, you know, nine or 10. So um, the the goal, of course, is getting yourself as high up in the 10, 11, and 12 category. I mean, a perfect score would be you rate yourself a 12, which would be you continually expand your vision of your future after each new achievement and success. And say, for instance, you're just feeling not ambitious at all is what's going on is that you, you feel that everything important in your life lies in the past and there's nothing ahead, which means you know, what do you need to do in order to make your uh, you know, future bigger than your, your past? Because if your future is uh-huh. not bigger than your past, then you probably don't feel very ambitious right now. And that, you can see how totally, as you're going through these columns here, that it's the way people look at things, right? Like, so if people are in the first column there, that everything important in your life lies in the past, but there's nothing ahead. It's almost like, okay, I've accomplished everything and now I'm winding down. And you start to see that as people, um, as people age or they start heading towards traditional retirement. And it's kind of funny how, you know, when we see you contrast that with the fourth column of you continually expand your vision of your future after each new achievement and success. I mean, you you compare that. I don't know too many 71-year-old or 72-year-old guys that have a 25-year plan that takes them to 95 years old that they're excited about. And it's going to be the biggest 25 years of their career. And of course, I'm talking about Dan uh, and the way he's focused on things. There's no, um, you know, he's continually expanding, right? Continually working on going 10 times. That's pretty ambitious. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Dan, and we're talking about Dan Sullivan. Yeah. And here's the thing, if, you know, uh, I look at this too, and, and I think a lot of this has to do with what you work on, the environment that you're working on, the people that are in your life. Uh, there's a lot of things that cause you to want to jump out of bed or uh, crawl into bed or not get out of bed. 
And so <laughs> as we go through as we go through these categories, uh, I want you to uh, the listener. I want you to think about which one do you rate the lowest in, which one do you rate the highest in? Because if you see where you're rating the lowest, it's great with the scorecard. It just gives you, oh, now you know where to pay attention. Now you know, oh, I want to, you know, I'm not feeling very ambitious. And if I felt, you know, more ambitious, I'd probably would put more effort and more work or more joy or more, you know, uh, contentment into you know my business into my life into my activities into my my time and attention so this is just a great way to kind of self uh you know score your you know, where you're at and where your mindsets are and, and determine what needs help and what doesn't and you can also you know so think about this process with your own existing clients and if you think mm-hmm. of your very best clients think of your worst clients and how do you want them to rate because whatever you do for a living whatever you offer the world, there is a way to score, you know, the mindsets of the people that are your uh, best clients. And going through this process is not um, simple, but if you put the, you know, if you put the thought into it and you work with it a little bit, I mean, you can create something pretty awesome for yourself and something you can use for the rest of your career. So that's the reason that we're, you know, talking about this and sharing something that uh, I'm using and that Dan Sullivan uses and a lot of strategic coach people are being taught this sort of process and we're teaching you, you know, how to think about this. So, uh, uh-huh. you want me to go to the second category, Dean? Well, what would be, let's talk about one thing somebody could do to, to advance themselves up the ladder on ambitious. What would be kind of one, um, things they could do to, if that's the thing that they need to, uh, improve. Well, say for instance, because I think a lot of uh, being ambitious has to do with uh, excitement and and confidence, and so you could look at all of the successes that you've had. I mean, I think one way to do it is to, to go back to some something that you know Dan Sullivan uh, talks about all the time is a positive focus. If you right. ended your day with what are the you know five things that happened that day that were positive, and he has a tool called you know. We've talked about this on past episodes mm-hmm. of, of I Love Marketing in, in 10X Talk. Yeah, so he has this tool, it's like, uh, called a positive focus. And you list what are five achievements that you've had, five things that are positive. Uh, what is the reason why on the second column uh, that you consider them positive? Uh, f- uh, further progress you can make on those particular items. And then a specific action that you can take. So for instance, today... I've done several things. Uh, meditating, that's a positive thing. Eating a very healthy breakfast is a positive thing. Uh, getting enough sleep is a positive thing. So those are kind of like personal stuff. Uh, I came into the office and had a really good conversation with our buddy uh, Evan Pagan uh, about a app that we're going to be using for our Genius Network annual event. Uh-huh. And it's a way to you list the whole agenda of what's going on in Genius Network, yeah. uh, connecting all the different people, being able to uh, survey the crowd of what speaker they like the best, um, putting people in groups. You know, there's all kinds of different, you know, so it was a really powerful conversation, and that's going to help make our Genius Network event that's coming up in October, our annual event, uh, amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I said the primary purpose of this app is to create and keep customers because there's a Peter Drucker quote, which is the primary purpose of business is to create and keep customers, marketing yeah. and innovation produce results and all other business functions or costs. 
and so you know we you know I had my COO, my CEO, uh, and two of my assistants that were on that call. And as we're recording this podcast, they're still having individual conversations with all of my team members, talking to them one on one about any other ideas or things. And so here I am recording a podcast while simultaneously my team is working yeah. on something really important for Genius Network members. As we're sitting here talking about a Genius Network scorecard, so that that's a very positive focus. And then it's after ambitious. this, yeah. So so after this podcast episode, in order to keep me ambitious. I have my one-on-one coach that is coming over to my office, uh, which will be about an hour and a half after we end this particular episode, and I pay this person $75,000 a year, and I meet with them two hours a week. Uh, every week, and mm-hmm. you know, basically, we're gonna, you know, he's gonna look at everything that's going on, and you know, that's gonna take where I'm having struggles and challenges, and I'm gonna, you know, tell him all the shit that's going on in my personal life that's painful and not working and makes me cry, and uh, then I'm gonna talk about all the, you know, business stuff, you know, and just kind of give him an overview. And so, at the end of the day, I'll keep track of, you know, yeah. uh, those things. Now. Um, I've been doing positive focuses on and off, so I don't ever want to give the, you know, the impression that I'm, you know, some perfectly structured individual because I am so not that at all. It's just when you do this enough, though, you can really, you can really identify this is work and that's not. So I wanted to point out, uh, without being super redundant, is it could be the tiniest things, like you know, you you sent a, a thank you text to somebody and it put a smile on their face to. You know, you put together some big, great business deal or you got a great workout in or you did something with your children that was really important. I mean, you know, whatever. And so uh, that's one way to stay ambitious. And so if you're feeling not very ambitious, uh, part of it is just start acknowledging what you're doing right and, and train your brain to focus on what's good and what's not. And I'm glad I even said that because even talking about this makes me feel better. I mean, I feel more ambitious right, right now just by saying that shit. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's good, right? Like this, that was all, I, I love, uh, you know, Dan's idea of phase one and phase two, you know, that this is, that your phase two is always bigger than everything that led up to this is, was phase one and phase two is always bigger. That's, it's, right. It is exciting when you start thinking that way, always moving forward. Yeah, so that, so that's one way to do it. Another is just to you know drop people, situations, or anything that just is non-essential and negative. Uh, I, I I find that if I just get rid of stuff, that going back to Marie Kondo's you know book of uh, yeah. the spark joy, you know the uh, life changing magic uh-huh. of tidying up. You know there's the life changing magic of getting rid of you know pain in the ass people and projects and shit yeah. that you know, that you don't need or want or doesn't serve a useful purpose. And so there's something to be said about clearing space. Uh, if, if I'm feeling really overwhelmed and stressed out, if I can, you know, just stretch and do yoga, uh, it, 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 I talked about this a little bit in previous episodes, you know, I've been doing a, a lot of yoga lately and, uh, what it, the, the main reason I do it is it just increases the space between how, I react to life versus respond to life. And the more that I can get myself to respond to life, good and bad, the better versus reacting. Yeah. And and when I'm really stressed, really overwhelmed, I, you know, I react as do most people. And, and reacting to life is not the same as responding to life. What one is sort of feels really out of control or is out of control. And the other is, 
where you're directing it. So being able to direct your forward progress, direct your mind uh, to whatever degrees. And, and I'm one of those people also. I don't, you know, I, I, I've spent a good portion of my, my life feeling really out of control. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so there, there are, you know, other people, you know, they don't, they don't even know what that means when they hear something like that. It's like, what, what, you know, what are you talking about? But people that do, they, they kind of get it. And so whatever you can do to eliminate, um, things that derail you or, or knock you off track, uh, get rid of them. And, and you have a lot yeah. more power over, over uh, situations that drive you batshit crazy than you realize, even if you have people in your life that are so incredibly difficult that you can't ever see you know, an easy way to get them out of your life, you can absolutely uh, change how you interact with them, how you respond to them, that sort of stuff. So yeah. that, that helps with ambition a lot. Cool. Okay, so mindset number two is driven doer. Yeah, driven doer. So having a drive, but also also doing stuff. So I, I like I like driven people. I mean, I like I like people that are drivers and okay. that uh, make shit happen. So uh, and they're doing things. So uh, the the first column, which is one through three, is you're more and more worried about increasing expenses and decreasing cash flow and reserves. Uh, Columns four through six, the second is you habitu- your habitual pattern is to be hyper-focused for one week and totally off course for the next two with no clue why you do this. Uh, column seven through nine, the third column, you can remember periods when you were a big achiever, but you don't see the need for that kind of energy and drive right now. And uh, the fourth column, 10 through 12, is your daily life is always about achieving and measuring bigger results, and you are always motivated to go higher. So if you look at the difference between the first one, you're more and more worried about increasing, you know, expenses and decreasing cash flow and reserves to the, you know, to the fourth column, your daily life is always about achieving and measuring bigger results. You're always motivated to go higher. You know, part of that mindset is, you know, how you actually measure and what you're focusing your time and attention on. Because if you look at column number two, your habitual pattern is to be hyper-focused for one week and totally off course for the next two with no clue why you do this. Well, you know, part of it is you're probably uh, lacking some ability to measure what it is that you're doing. Uh, and And you're not really sure. And you know, uh, most anxiety is caused by, you know, lack of preparation and lack of awareness and being in the dark about what you're actually doing or you're doing so much that it like blurs into, you know, it's like, it's like having paint that just kind of all comes together and it's like one big glob of, of stuff like melted. What's, what's that Italian ice cream called? Why, why, Neo- Gelato. Yeah. No, no, no. But the the, uh, the the one with the three. Uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, yeah, Neapolitan. Yeah. Or, so you know, if you have you have the three different colors, but then if it all melts together, it's oh, like one big right. glob. <laughs> so if you if you're doing like you know if you if you try to do too much. You know, Richard Rossi, our friend, says, uh, you know, if you have uh, if you have a thousand options, you don't have any options, and right. you can have opportunity poisoning. You can have doer poisoning. You can have performance addiction. I love that opportunity poisoning. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I remember we were driving one day in uh, Florida, and we were going to some bookstore. And of course, I always make jokes about this about how you're just a lazy bastard, and how I'm always trying to do all kinds of stuff. And you have, of course, your your rationalizations and justifications for how you do it, and and so do I for my own yeah. shit. 
And I was like, let's stop by over there. And you're you're like, you can't, we can't drive anywhere with you always having to stop. And like, as we go home, you want to go see this, you want to go see that, uh, you know, because of my, you know, whatever you want to call it, call it a grasshopper by, call it insatiably curious, curious, say that I just want to stuff as much shit as I can into the day, you know, whatever it is. But it's, you know, we have, we have different operating systems about how you go about your day and how I go about my day, uh, I always make jokes. So going, you know, I, I could have like a whole day where I am just jumping around what to the outside would look like I'm a complete idiot or I'm, you know, focusing on this or focusing on that. And I'm not saying I'm not a complete idiot because it could be, right, no. it could be argued that I definitely have. Uh, what, what happens though is that I, you know, throughout the course of a day though, I do a few things that really move the dial. And so a few yeah. basic moves produce all results. And if you don't know what those moves are, you're going to be in the lower part of the the, uh, the columns. But if you if you if your daily life is always about achieving and measuring bigger results, and you're always motivated to go higher, you're, you're gonna you're gonna tend to be not just driven, but you're actually going to be doing stuff. So uh, that's a way to rate yourself, and j- just just rating yourself and thinking about that uh, is you know beneficial. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, I find yeah. it fascinating. Like I always tell people, you know, when you and I hang out, like if I go to Phoenix or you come here or whatever, I. I basically, I clear my, my day and just like allow myself to ride along to see where this goes, right? Like, I mean, I've seen where, I mean, some of the days that you and I have are just the most action-packed days. I mean, we, we get up and get so much stuff going on. I think about the time we went to, uh, to the icon uh, event and we went to uh we went for breakfast went to icon we had lunch and then we went and recorded a podcast with uh michael fishman and visited with uh lisa sasevich and then we recorded the rest of the podcast in the car and then we went back and picked up sally hogshead for dinner and then we went i mean it's just like constantly evolving but every moment is action packed with stuff that is forward momentum. And I think that's important when you've got like the horizon, when you're, you're pointed in the right direction, you're, you're moving forward in that direction. And there's just so much uh, stuff like, just like you're saying, sometimes everything kind of moves the dial in that general, in that, that specific direction, you know? Right. Totally. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's that's pretty much on my work days. That's kind of how I operate. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I I've like that. I've seen it and, enough to know, yeah. Yeah, and, but, but it's also one of the reasons why, you know, I do what I do. I was talking to Jay Abraham uh, earlier today while I was driving to the office, and, he you know, he was like going, oh, so what are you doing this, you know, week? You know, he goes – we're talking about like a bunch of shit. He's like, how you doing? I'm like, oh man, I'm just so busy. I'm kind of travel, like over traveled right now. And he goes, where are you going to next? And I'm like, I'm going to Reno and then, um, you know, San Francisco this, with this weekend. And he's like, well, what are you doing? And he goes, what? And I go, well, you know, there's this gigafact, there's this Tesla gigafactory tour that I'm going to because I, you know, referred at least eight or nine people to buy Tesla. So I got invited, uh, to it. And, uh, so then, uh, my friends, you know, Martine and Dina and Genesis Rothblatt, who are the founders of, um, uh, serious, uh, radio and invented satellite radio. 
uh, you know, we're we're going to they're going to be there, and uh, Genesis is one of our Genius Network members. And I said, then after that thing, we're going to fly to San Francisco for a, a Sarah Jones concert in their private plane, and they're friends with Sarah Jones, and we're going to go to dinner with her uh, afterwards and, and, and meet with some other people. And, and Jay's like, Jesus, like, you know, I want your life. And I'm like, you know, uh-huh. no, you really don't. It's kind of a... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a I go, it's you know... It's a nice... It's like yeah. a fantasy camp. That's what I say to people. It's like people should pay money just to come and go to a fantasy camp with your life. Yeah, it's 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 totally hysterical, and, and, yeah. and of course I go I go. It's going to be really. I go Jay. It's going to be really cool, and I'm going to be you know I'm thankful for it. But it's you know sometimes it's if you if you put them too close together, you know because yeah. the following week I'm going to go speak at a big longevity conference. Uh, you know it'll be the largest you know uh, life extension event to ever take place, and I'm one of the speakers, and you know this and that, and I go yeah, it's really cool, but you know I you, you can only you can only put in so much so you, you can't overdo it um, mm-hmm. but it but it you know it's it's sort of a momentum but but you know am, am i bitching yeah you know bitching kind of in a humorous way but i'm really grateful and i'm really thankful that i get to do some of this stuff but mm-hmm. it's also it's not an accident it's not like it this shit's handed to me i work for it you know i mean i absolutely I put a lot of, no that's I, it. I, I i've been i've been running a company for 25 plus years you know i mean i mm-hmm. i work you know, I work and I've put a lot of effort into it. And, you know, anyone could do what I do if they do exactly the shit I've done. It's that's it. Well, I want to have what that person have. Okay. Well, by the way, do what they do. What's that? That's a timely thing because that article that uh, Garrett wrote about how to become friends with, with Richard Branson. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was an article in uh, on, on Forbes uh, the, uh, .com uh, that Garrett Gunderson put about me, he wrote a uh, wrote it called How to Become Friends with Richard Branson. So if anyone wants to, it's on my Joe Polish fan page on Facebook. If you want to go there and scroll down, you can find it or just mm-hmm. type in, you know, Joe Polish Forbes and you can find it online. But uh, yeah, it's kind of me explaining the uh, the process of the magic rapport formula, which we originally did an episode on that episode number 29 uh, on I Love mm-hmm. Marketing on how I meet people in my whole process. So if you've never listened to that one, uh, it's one of our most uh, most loved episodes. It's basically mm-hmm. you interviewing me and talking about. It. So what I'll do, Dean, I'm going to go through the other ones a little more quickly, just yeah, because of time purposes. Yeah. But I want Give her uh, you know generous. Yeah. So the the third one is giver and generous. So the first column, one through three, is as the world speeds up, you increasingly regret your past mistakes, poor decisions, and lost opportunities. Uh, the second column, you want to contribute to others, but just being successful yourself takes up all of your time, attention, and energy. The third column, you've been successful so far by waiting for other people to take initiative and then profiting from their results. And that's an interesting one. And then the fourth column, your whole approach is to be as useful as you can, as much as you can, in every situation with everyone you meet. So I want to point this one out. Like, if if you're known to be a really cool, generous, helpful person, and whenever you show up, people think highly of you, you're probably in column number four. If people, you know, don't return your phone calls, if they don't answer your uh, you know, the, when when you call, if they're not responding, there, there's some sort of energy vibe. Or if in the business aspect, you're just offering something that people don't really want, and that's a that's a real painful one to to come to grips with. If you are a giver, 
but you're not producing great results in life, or you are a giver and you're producing great results, I would recommend you read um, uh, Adam Grant's book, uh, Give and Take. And right. Adam's been on my list of interviews. He's already agreed to do an interview. I've met with him a couple of times, and he wrote this. You know, he's written a couple of books, but his first book is given, uh, give or t- uh, give and take. Yeah. And Adam Grant. And so I would I would read that because the people that make the least amount of money in the world are givers. Uh, he calls them givers, matchers, and takers. Where givers are just generous, uh, you know, givers. Takers, it's kind of like tit for tat sort of thing. They they won't do something for someone unless their agenda is they're going to get something out of it. And then takers, they're just people that just take. And so, but the the people that make the most money also are givers. But it's how they approach it so they don't deplete themselves. And so uh, I always want to, like I've said a million times, I don't ask anyone to do anything for me without creating value for them first. I mean, I think even doing this podcast, like we've, like everyone and their brothers trying to do podcasts these days. But when we first started doing our podcasts, there was hardly anyone doing, you know, business podcasts relative to what they do today. And I did my very first podcast on carpet cleaning stuff in seminars, like in 2005. So over 11 years ago, right? right. Oh yeah. So, I mean, you know, I've been at this game for 11 years of doing podcasts and, you know, many people, don't even know what the hell a podcast even is still, you know, and, 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 right. and uh, but, but the point is it's all been free. I mean, we just put it out there and, and every day, you know, tens of thousands of people listen to our advice and they go out and build businesses and, and you, you lay tracks down by doing that. So rate yourself in giver and generous because not only is being a, a rating high in the giver category, uh, going to make you feel better. You just have a lot more friends and a lot more respect. And if you feel that you're not being respected, it's either you're you're focusing your efforts on people that are not worthy of uh, your contribution, or you're not directing it, uh, you know, in in the right way, or just is non-existent uh, at at the level that it, it could be. So that's that's you know that what I notice. You know what I notice about the first three months so far the distinction between column three and column four is how in column three, these are all the um, characteristics of somebody who has made it basically, you know, they've gotten to the top of the mountain and they're kind of coasting or it's not, you know, they, they're maintaining or riding the wave of all of the effort that they've put in to get to that point. And column four is about people who have made it, but they're continually still going as if it's not, uh, they're not kind of resting on their laurels or not kind of um, just coasting on the, on the success that they've generated. So it's really, it's interesting. Yeah. So I'll go through, I'll go through number four. So number four is fun achievers. And the first column one through three you rate yourself one, two, or three. You find yourself reacting to overwhelming complexities and uncertainties with no goals or strategies. Second column, four through six, you don't find running your own business enjoyable and look looking ahead to an uncertain future makes you even more anxious. Column three, seven through eight, you enjoy humor and comedy in the proper places but feel that anything real worthwhile deserves a serious approach, which still means you have a semblance of humor, but you're still uptight. And then the um, 
the uh, last column, number four, 10 through 12, is you find humor in every situation and use it to transform everyone's experience of participation and teamwork. And so I can gauge the value of most relationships based on how frequently you authentically laugh together. Laugh. There's a bunch of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's some people that they just kiss everyone's ass that's above them to curry favor with their superiors and that sort of stuff. And they try to laugh at their stupid jokes that really aren't all that funny. Then there's genuine, enjoyable fun and laughter and the feeling of feeling good. And and here's the thing. I don't want this to be taken out of context. Uh, running a successful business requires big cojones, male, male or female. This shit ain't yeah. easy. Uh, it, it, you know, sometimes it is, but it it isn't all the time. And I, I very much am a big fan of teaching ELF. You can have an easy, lucrative, and fun business, or you can have a half business, which is hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating. And I've, you know, built whole programs built around elf versus half and there are certain aspects of it. it it's not like that you know 24 7 i mean there are there are times where you're going to wake up and you're going to go to war i mean i have literally had countless times where i'm literally crying and and, and like curled up in a ball like feeling yeah. so completely fucked up you know i mean so overwhelmed yeah 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 i mean so it's, it's not that you know i, I don't uh, you know i'm human and i'm i, I have plenty of, of my flaws and when those times are most challenging, the greatest way to soothe it is just to find some frickin' humor and, and find some joy, I mean, uh, in, in whatever situations that that you can. And then when things aren't going bad, and, and most of the time, if you're, you know, if, you, if you're rating high here and you're, 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 you're focusing on value creation and you learn marketing and you know how to sell what it is you're selling, you can have a really freaking amazing life and a really enjoyable thing. And it just adds that much more, you know, cherry on top to your business and to your uh, career and to your activities. If you can infuse it with not only fun and humor that comes from your own perception of what's going on, but, but uh, allowing that to happen in other people. So, you know, you can have the most intelligent people in the world surrounding you, but if they're like, if they have no sense of humor or they're a pain in the ass, it could be miserable. Or you can have, you know, people that are just joyful and they're funny and they, you know, they, they, they're, you know, they're, uh, I, I say this, I have to be careful about layering what is important to me onto everyone else. Uh, I like people that are sarcastic. I like people that are off color. I like people that are politically incorrect to a degree. And, uh, you know, and, and to me, that just makes everything that I focus on achieving more, you know, because, yeah, it's just, it's just oh, awesome. Yeah. So rate, rate yourself there. And if you're not a fun person, then go to clown school or take an improv class or watch comedies or listen to a comedy podcast instead of a business podcast. If you're such a pain in the ass and your life is so freaking miserable. Lighten up a and, little. Yeah. Yeah, and, and by the way, and if your life really is painful, like, I mean, there are people that are listening to this, they just had a loved one die, they've lost children, they, they, they have a, a, a disease, you know, I mean, there's there's those sort of aspects, too, and, you know, uh, what is the uh, uh, the book written years ago, An Anatomy of an Illness, uh, where, you know, you can, uh, boy, what was his name, that watched comedies when he was in the hospital and healed himself? Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, is that Anatomy of an Illness, or? Yeah, no, I, know, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. We'll have to see yeah, if our magic person listening on the other line could text me uh, the name of that book, if I, Norman Cousins or whatever, I don't know. Cousins, but, that's uh, it, Cousins, that's it. Is it yeah, Norman yeah. Cousins? Yeah, yeah okay. That, is, that, yeah. that was written years ago, but he was sick, and he, uh, 
literally watched uh, you know comedy movies, and this was before the this is before the internet. Like you know, we're talking they couldn't put a laptop up on you know. I mean, this was like hard. You had to get you know VHS tapes or just watch regular black and white TV or whatever. I don't even know. But the, the point is, fun uh, fun needs to be infused in everything that you do. So rate yourself uh, on if you're a fun achiever or not. And if you're not, add some fun to your life. It'll make everything just more enjoyable. The uh, the fifth mindset is respect marketing. So, yeah, again, like I said in the beginning, if you want to get the most out of uh, this podcast, you, you, you want to respect it. If you, Richard Rossi, I was talking to him about his how long he's been married, and I, I said, you know, what's the uh, – uh, okay, and I just, I just got uh, the text uh, from our secret person, which is Anatomy of an Illness as Perceived by the Patient – um, book, uh, Norman Cousins. So it's called Anatomy of an Illness. So read that book. It, it's especially if you're someone that is ill or you know someone that is ill. It's 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 really good. So going back to respect marketing, and I was talking to Richard Rossi. Um, you know, what's the secret of a of a relationship? You know, I, you know me. I just ask people questions all the time. Sometimes stupid ones, just because I just want to see what they say. And he said, Well, he, uh, you gotta love each other. You gotta respect each other. And you gotta get along. <laughs> and he goes, because you can respect someone and love someone, but not get along. Or you can get along and love them, but if you don't respect them. So those are the three elements to a happy relationship. And you know, is that the secret? I mean, hell, there's what what do I know. Even talking to guys who've never been married, and you know, don't ask me for relationship advice. But I, I ask people for relationship <laughs> advice, and and I. Uh, well, marriage advice, I should say. I'm actually pretty damn good at relationship stuff, and marriage is only one aspect of a relationship, which I have not jumped into that pool ever yet. All right. We'll see. All right. We'll see. But we'll see. Um, I thought to respect... That's column four. What's that? Stay tuned. That's column four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let me, let me read it. So uh, the first column is you spend more and more time procrastinating because you lack the necessary capability and confidence to move forward. The second column, you know marketing is important, but you find it almost impossible right now to think about anything except immediate cash flow. Uh, number uh, column three, uh, you have highly recommended marketing experts who advise you on how to keep up with the competition. Uh, kind of like people like me and you, we're, we're, right now they're having marketing experts advising people how to keep up with the competition. Mm-hmm. Probably argue for that. Uh, and then the fourth column is you know from your success that marketing is always the fastest, easiest, and biggest multiplier at the lowest cost. Now that Amen. of course is 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 assuming that you're actually using marketing that works. You're using direct response marketing. You're not just calling something marketing that isn't producing a result and trying to hide it under this umbrella called marketing. Because there's a lot of people that are doing the stupidest shit on the planet and they call it marketing. I can't tell you how many people I've met that have titles like vice president of marketing or marketing director or content creator or conversion specialist or, you know, name it, uh, that, I mean, they don't even understand what marketing means. And so, you know, marketing is the quickest path to the sale. You know, marketing is selling in advance, you know, the type of marketing that we teach. Marketing is positioning. It's unique packaging. It's it's irresistible offers. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot. So it, you won't, and it's a lot to learn. And people that don't understand it and don't learn it probably don't know it, don't utilize it, don't understand it because they don't respect it. And so the more that you can respect it, the better. If you want to be 
uh, you know, an amazing swimmer, but you don't really respect swimming. I mean, how good are you going to be? You know, you, right. if, if you don't, if you don't respect a particular person, you know, are you really going to give a shit about what they say? And, you know, if you don't like education, uh, you know, are you really going to get much out of a class? So you, yeah. And again, this is so easy. I, let's take carpet cleaning and real estate agents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've been teaching real estate agents for 20 years. I've been teaching carpet cleaners for 20 years. We'll have the same sort of business, same size, you know, on one side of the street and another person on the other side of the street serving the same market, going to the same clientele. And one person is kicking ass and taking names and the other is not. And is it because of the business that real estate sucks or carpet cleaning sucks? Or is it the person is not doing something in a certain way or those people just suck? And so I would, I've sold my marketing programs to thousands and thousands of uh, carpet and upholstery cleaners and thousands and thousands of different service businesses, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have been. You millions. Know, not millions, but no. although, although <laughs> our shit, like our shit collectively yeah. has reached tens of millions of people. Yes. Like absolutely. based on the stuff that we give our clients in terms of what they, I mean, every year millions mm-hmm. of people are getting, you know, letters and promotions and ads and campaigns that I created 20 years ago. Right. And so, the, you know, a lot of people see this stuff, but one person will like be broke and they cannot figure out how to do it in one town and the, and their person that's, why? Because, well, the person is doing something and, and, you know, it, and I, and I always goes back to respect. I mean, all, all of the people that I had that ever bought my stuff that, you know, they didn't really exploit it. And it wasn't about the stuff. It was, it was about the person. I mean, I'll see you. We've always offered a hundred percent money back guarantee on the marketing programs that we sell to service businesses. And mm-hmm. I will come into the office and see like someone that returned our marketing kit that we sell for, you know, $1,799, which is like literally will teach them how to run a million dollar business and they return it, you know, and they've had it for like a month and they didn't try a single strategy and they send it back saying, oh, that this won't work for me. It's like, this won't work for you? No, you won't work with it. I mean, it's right. Like, it's, a, it's a book, it's a course, it's, it's training, it's yeah. strategies. I mean, this shit works. I mean, I've been doing this for, you know, it's, it's, I'm a convert of my own system. I mean, it, it was yeah. working before the internet even existed with some of this stuff and now it's infinitely easier. <laughs> and you're sending back you know, the recipes that you need in order to have a successful business, but it's because they just don't respect marketing. They don't get right. it. They don't know. And it doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means that they're not, Sometimes you know, they're bad. just going to be broke, which, you know, yeah. whatever. You lead a horse to water sort of thing. So that's the deal. So uh, rate yourself on respecting marketing. And if you want to do better with marketing, the best way to do it is try some strategies that work and then repeat them and leverage them and, and validate that this is useful. And that will give you confidence. And the more confidence you get out of the marketing, the better. I mean, we have a client, David Berg, that we just did an episode with uh, on 10xtalk.com. I mean, this guy is going to transform healthcare in yeah, the country. I, like I mean, David he is a literally a brilliant guy. And I've known David for shit, damn near 19 years, maybe. From and met him in... Yeah. No, I met him in YEO originally. And, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and, and he was in strategic coach with me, and I'm the one that referred him in the strategic coach. And basically, which he was in for years before he ever joined Genius Network, and now he's like in his third, fourth year, I think third year in, in Genius Network. 
And it took him like, you know, he has a multi-million dollar company, he has 40 doctors that work for him, 200 employees. And he, you know, it took him the longest time to really kind of get marketing because he's very much a systems guy. But now that he has his business is like, it was already doing well. And it's just exploding right now. And even, you know, commented, I think it's even on the episode I just did with, that you know, you can listen to on 10X Talk. You know, he's like, yeah, once I kind of got how this marketing works, you know, this just changes everything. So, but he, but he worked at it though. I mean, he invested, he probably invested $50,000 in Genius Network and he was still getting tons of value out of it and meeting great people and stuff, but he probably invested 50 grand before it finally clicked for him. But it did click, but he, he you know, but he, but he focused on it. So that's, that's respect marketing. Anything else you want to say to that before I go to the next one? No, I think that's good. Okay, so the the next mindset is coachable. So rate yourself on how coachable you are. So the first column is you are cutting yourself off from other people's capabilities and resources because you can't depend on anyone. That's not a very good mindset. Um, But if you're there, rate that. The second column is you've never found any coaches who can custom design their approaches and systems to your specific situation. That's a, that sometimes is true depending on where someone is at, but in most cases that's a, uh, you know, they, it's like, well, you know, I sell apples and this guy sells oranges. So what am I going to learn from this, you know, orange coach? Because I need an apple coach. And sometimes you just need to be coachable and you'll see, wow, it's quite applicable and you know, that sort of stuff. So the third column is, uh, you understand everything important about your business and market and stay in touch with the leading industry trends. And then the fourth column is your progress in all areas is increasingly informed and guided by extraordinary individuals with unique capabilities. And so, you know, the, it's, it's what, to find out how coachable you are, it's one, what are you actually reading? Who are you listening to? Do you really take advice? Or you, and when someone offers things to you, even things you don't want to hear, do you respond or think or pause and really listen to what they're saying? Or do you immediately rationalize and justify why they're wrong and how you've tried this and it doesn't work? And if you, you know, one way to find out if you're not very coachable is if you say that won't work for me, uh, or I've tried that. And yeah, that's, uh, that, that are, our industry is different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Our industries. I mean, these are the these are indicators of someone that is so fucking yeah. full of shit, and yeah. they have convinced all themselves. Different. Yeah, yeah. I've tried that. Well, you've tried every. Have you tried it stoned? Have you tried it with no sleep? Have you tried it like, you know? I mean, I tried digging a hole. Well, okay, with a toothpick, with a spoon, with a shovel, with a bulldozer. Okay, you've tried. You know, it's like there's so many ramifications of my industry is different. I've done that before and it doesn't work. Or I've tried that. Or my clients are. different. Different. Well, how different yeah. are they? They're humans. They're they're the same humans that re- respond to the you know five basic human stimuli as every other human. Exactly. You're, you're exactly. only dealing with aliens. You know, I mean, stuff like that. So I I obviously get annoyed by that sort of stuff because. You know, when you, you when you have something that you know will transform or help an individual's business or their company, and they literally, you know, they they cannot see it. And you want, and, you know, and, and, and you want to help them, and, and they're just their own worst enemy. It's like there's only so much you can do. And I mean, to be a marketing uh, consultant, to do what it, we do, I mean, I'm I'm telling you, it requires a tre- tremendous amount of patience because most people hate business owners that are not yeah. business owners. They despise them. They think they're evil. They think they're out there doing sort of stuff. So you're already dealing with a marketplace that thinks you're pond scum, uh, although these are the people that move the dial. That's that's one thing. Um, uh, secondly, 
marketers don't have the respect of like a person with a PhD or some academic sort of title. And so you could be a, a marketing person that has spent freaking thousands of hours learning and crafting your skill and could be an amazing human being that cares about, you know, people. And, you know, you, you try to help them with marketing and they, you know, they treat it like, you know, you're, you're showing them how to, you know, iron a shirt or something like they, they, they just don't put a lot of value on it. So combining respecting marketing and being coachable is a requirement for getting the best out of a marketing person, as an example. Rate yourself uncoachable. And if you find yourself kind of being very resistant, then start with a beginner's mind and uh, go from there. Okay, so number uh, seven is lead by example. So the first column is you feel increasingly angry and resentful that the economy and your industry seemed rigged to undermine and defeat you. The second column, four through six, is your business career so far has been so up and down that many people have learned to discount your ideas and plans. The third column is you consider that your successful image in public should be kept separate from how you operate behind the scenes. And the fourth column is number 10 through 11 is, or 10 through 11, 10, 11, or 12. Your number one rule in life is to never try to sell anything to others that you aren't completely sold on yourself. And so that one I think is really important. You know, would you sell what it is you're selling to your mother? Now, if you hate your mother, maybe you would if it's crap, but uh, if you assuming, so when I say your mother, I mean, I realize some people don't have good relationships. So uh, substitute mother for best friend, you know, someone you really care about, whatever, if, right. if you don't have a great relationship with your mother. But the point is, you know, think about the people that are most important to you in your life and whatever you sell, uh, you know, would you sell it to yourself? Would you be happy about it? Is it, is, is it, is it a, is it a good deal? And if you, if it's not, then change it. If you're in a company or an industry that you're not proud of, you know, that's it may be a stepping stone, but step out of that as intelligently and as quickly as you can, mm-hmm. unless you want to be miserable. You know, it's the whole, you know, uh, lay down with dogs, wake up with fleas sort of thing. So make sure well, the, the dogs you lay down thing, with I think that helps you that leading by example is also mm-hmm. about continuing uh, innovation. You know, like you and I both started out um, the things that we were packaging and offering to other real estate agents and other carpet cleaners were things that we developed in our own businesses that worked. So we led by example. I mean, you paid a copywriter $1,800 to write your consumer awareness guide. You took the chance on that. You figured it out. You led by example of doing it and then package that up as uh, a proven thing. Yeah. And and here's the thing. I never hired that copywriter for $1,800 when I was a dead broke carpet cleaner and had to put it on credit card with the intention that I would ever sell it to other carpet cleaners. That was a byproduct. I just put my, you know, like it was my life. I was making that investment in my business, in my further progress, in myself. I was struggling. Some of it was coming out of desperation. Some of it was coming out of inspiration. But the fact is, like, to, to the, and that was back in 1992. Yeah. And people, you know, people today 
you know, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of whine about spending, you know, $50 or, you know, or buy a book or right. something. And, and they have this entitlement that everything should be free. And the stuff that we give away for free on I Love Marketing, I would have freaking, I, I, I was going to say something crude, like cut off my left testicle or something, but I won't say that, <laughs> although I just did, you know, to, to, which I probably wouldn't have done that. However, I would have thought about it. No, I, I thought it. Yeah, uh, for for access to what we give people for free on I Love Marketing. You know, I mean, it didn't yeah. even exist. And I, ha- I mean, we we teach people how to do what I had to pay, like money I didn't even have because I had the hope, the the the, the possibility that would do it. And, and there's a big difference. And in, in that is a mindset. You know, the reason I spend, like I mentioned earlier, seventy five grand on a coach. Well, some people are like, well, it must be nice. You know, I don't have seventy five thousand dollars to spend on a business coach. I don't even make seventy five thousand dollars a year, and you spend it wow. on a coach. Well, yeah, yeah, but you know what? I I used to clean carpets, uh, you know, twelve, fourteen, sixteen hours a day in the middle of summer in Arizona, and I'm allergic to cats. And I used to be in these apartment complexes that had no air conditioning, and I have to lug, you know, uh, portable steam cleaners up these stairs, and then run an extension cord to the third floor, and then I'd be in a, uh, a sauna, basically cleaning carpets, because if it's 120 degrees outside and there's no air conditioning in this apartment unit because they have the AC turned off, then it's like 140 degrees sometimes in there. And I would clean carpets, and I'm allergic to cats, and I would do hard manual labor, and I'd be wheezing because I couldn't breathe very well, and I actually did that shit for a long time, for like you know yeah. two years straight. Until right. I actually, you know, I still stuck with it, but I, you know, I still had, like, damn it, I'm not going to work for somebody. I want to figure out how to make this business work. And, you know, I put my ass on the line because, and maybe I needed to be in that level of pain. Maybe I needed to, to do, and, and, and you know what, that's a luxury for some people's existence because some people, yeah. you know, their lives are incredibly difficult. You know, our buddy, Sean Stevenson, who's in the wheelchair, yeah. you know, he's at, you know, at 200 broken bones by the time he was 18 years old. I mean, talk about a guy who's you know, he's never walked in his life. He's, you know, three foot tall in a wheelchair, but talk about leading by example. I mean, he, you know, he just, you know, still, uh, and, and I don't know where that always comes from. I mean, that's where you have to really tap into, you know, whatever a, a, eternal part that you can. And what I will say is that what I do know is that if you can't generate that, you know, easily within yourself, you can always, go to books. You can always go to other people. You can listen to the wisdom of, of people in the past that have overcome insurmountable odds, and you can build that leadership muscle. Uh, but, you know, going back to the, the last column, it's like your number one rule in life is to never try to sell anything to others that you aren't completely sold on yourself. And this is a sales job. You know, part of the leadership mm-hmm. is not just selling physical stuff. It's how you, it's how you persuade and the story that you tell yourself and how you think about it. So if you if you feel that you are not leading by example, do some inventory of where you actually do excel and where you do really care and, and tap into it. Because I've actually seen people that have you know perceived no strength whatsoever that became very powerful. I mean, and I went from a period of time where I was definitely afraid of getting up and speaking in front of anyone. I had trouble speaking to three people at one time because I was incredibly self-conscious. And and a year later, I'm, you know, doing seminars in front of, you know, several hundred people. I mean, it could could change very quickly, uh, but it comes from just building, you know, daily, uh, you know, daily bricks into the uh, into the leadership wall, into the confidence wall, into the capability wall. And so the more capable 
you become the better. And, and to go back to the first column where it is if you rated, you feel increasingly angry and resentful that the economy and your industry seemed rigged to undermine and defeat you, what you're doing is you're making other people responsible for your failure uh, versus looking at what can you control. Because, you know, the world is the world. The world is going to be the world. Uh, if you don't like, you know, if you don't like the way you see the world, uh, good luck in thinking it's going to change to make you feel better. I mean, you have to change. Uh, you have to change you. If you, you know, if you don't like, you, you know, the view of the world, change your view and change, you know, how you look at it because that that gives you uh, a lot of control. So, anything else you want to say that one, or I'll just go to the last one. I think that's great. Let's go on to number eight. Okay, so here's the last one, and then we'll wrap this up. So the last, uh, the last mindset of the Genius Network scorecard is seeker. And so the first column, is, which is rating one, two, or three, you feel increasingly left behind and embarrassed by other people's progress, success, and advantages. The second column, four through six, you are habitually so overworked and pressured by deadlines and financial demands that you don't have time for self-improvement. Column three, seven through nine, you make a regular habit of improving your business skills, your financial future, and your lifestyle, and your social standing. And then the fourth column, 10 through 12, is your single most important project is always to be transforming yourself into a better human being and entrepreneur. So how much of a seeker are you? Do you, you know, when you wake up, you have an expectation for the day. And you can be left behind. You can be jealous and envious of other people's success. You can feel that you're, you got the short end of the stick. Or you can focus on the one thing that you can do something about, which is you. And the, the fourth column is your single most important project is always be transforming yourself into a better um, you know, human being and better entrepreneur. So if you, if you wake up and compare yourself to others, then you are just basically taking attention that is better served on putting it on you and being the best you can be versus seeing what everyone else is doing and how they're passing you up. So a lot of this is just uh, what gets your attention, what drains your bandwidth, what drains your energy. And uh, all, of these, all of these mindsets, starting with uh, the, the first one, ambitious, the second one, driven doer, the third, giver and generous, the fourth, fun achiever, the fifth, respect marketing, the sixth, coachable, number seven, lead by example, and then the last one, which is seeker. If you rate yourself uh, on all of these, and, and if you want to go print out the Genius Network scorecard, you can go ahead and, and do this. What I would ask, uh, and this is always weird because you never know the ethics of uh, all the thousands of people that listen to this, uh, utilize this for your own. Don't knock it off. Don't copy it. Don't put your name on it and call it your own. I mean, you can right. if you want to have like the karmic, um, you know, forces of nature um, basically <laughs> make your life miserable. I guess that may happen. Um, you know, use this as an example. We, we sharing this so that you can see a way that you can not only rate yourself, but think about how you can uh, come up with your own sort of ways and standards. And if you want uh, if you want a real education on this stuff, just um, you know, join Genius Network or join um, a Strategic Coach if you're actually at a level to where you qualify, and not everyone does for those sort of programs. But uh, yeah, and we'll put the show notes and everything on this episode at ilovemarketing.com, including um, you know, I'll put a link to um, you know any book recommendations like Anatomy of an Illness and that sort of stuff. So. Dean, how would you? Uh, how would you, uh, you? You obviously heard me talk about all this stuff, and you're 
Yeah, really skilled at, at doing this. So anything else you? Well, say? I really, I mean, it's just such a um, an advantage to have a contact to really look at your development. You know, like you look at any one of these things. If you just describe somebody in the fourth column of all of these things, continually expand your vision of the future and each new achievement and success. Your daily life is always about achieving and measuring bigger results. And you're always motivated to go higher. Your whole approach is to be as useful as you can, as much as you can in every situation with everyone you meet. You find the humor in every situation and use it to transform everyone's experience of participating and teamwork. You know from your success that marketing is always the fastest, easiest, and biggest multiplier at the lowest cost. Your progress in all areas is increasingly informed and guided by extraordinary individuals with abilities. Your number one rule in life is to never try to sell anything to others that you aren't completely sold on yourself. Your single most important project is always to be transforming yourself into a better human being and entrepreneur. I mean, that's a pretty exciting place to come from. That's where you want to be hanging out with other people who share those mindsets. That's really what uh, is, is pretty phenomenal. I mean, when you talk about this in the context of being part of a genius network and you're holding yourself to the standard of constantly working to drive yourself into that fourth column. And you're surrounded with a network of other people who are doing exactly the same thing, all curated by their achievements that they've already, um, they've already made in the world in order to, to be there. That's a pretty exciting network to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and here's the thing: you can. So I, I would like everyone to rate themselves uh, on the actual scorecard. And you know, you can rate an eight if you get a one in all categories. Or you can rate yourself a ninety-six if you get a twelve. And so there's a column that you score yourself, and then you total it up. The lowest you can rate is an eight. The highest is a ninety-six. And so you can clearly see, well, right, you know, if I'm focused on this and I my goal is to increase my score, you know, by 10 points or 20 points. Every time you increase it, you're probably going to make more money. You're going to have more joy yes. in your business. You're going to have better, you know, uh, uh, achievements. You're going to have more emphasis on value creation and you're just going to have more success. And so part of this, once you know the score and see, the beauty of this is if you really aren't doing well in some areas, I've done some scorecards where I rate very low and it's like, wow, okay, shit. I mean, like, this allows Awareness. me to take a look at Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, what, and that's exactly it. Once you have that awareness, you can actually do something about it. But uh, right. everything measured improves. And so if you – and everything measured and reported improves exponentially. And we, we've learned mm -hmm. that from all the contests I've ran for many years and all that sort of stuff. So uh, that's it. And, and, you know, depending on when you listen to this episode, if you are a high-level – uh, entrepreneur, and you want to, um, you know, come to this year's Genius Network, uh, it may be sold out by the time you hear this, because we sell it out every year, but uh, get on the waiting list. Uh, everyone has to fill out an application, um, but this, you know, this is used for for uh, rating our own people, and so check out uh, GeniusNetworkEvents.com if you want to see my annual event, and uh, what else, Dean? 
That's awesome. That's I think this is going to be a, you know a cool thing for people to see where they stand. Gives them a track to run on. Yeah, and you know what I'd love if 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 you fill out the scorecard, I'd love to have you comment on ilovemarketing.com and uh, let us know how you rate if you're willing to talk about it. And that'll probably be people that rate, you know, higher or whatever, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, share it. And let's and, do a, let's do a follow up. Um, let's do an episode with Dan about this whole scorecard, uh, mindset, because I, I think that there's some, I, I think it's a really incredible tool. I mean, I've been using the, um, profit activator scorecard. We can do an episode about that um, too. But the what I found is people have this immediate sense of, okay, I see where I am and I see what I need. Uh, I see what I need to work on. It's like having the cover to the box of the yep. puzzle that they're trying to work on. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. So, well, that's it. So please subscribe to ilovemarketing.com, not for our benefit. I mean, because like, do we even really care, Dean? I mean, at this point, so many people, so many people listen to that. Do we need one more person to subscribe? I mean, well, you know what? We're just, we are, uh, we're, we're givers, generous and, and fun achievers. That's really, yeah. Well, I would add another column for my like egotistical sort of, you know, nars- <laughs> narcissistic, yeah, yeah self-aggrandizing, yeah. you know, acts like he's, you know, confident, but he's really incredibly insecure. I mean, there's all there's all kinds of shit that I could do. Yeah, I want to do a funny scorecard. If anyone yeah, wants to like the shadow scorecard, yeah, yeah. If you if someone could like self-interpret me and Dean, and I know they'll probably stick up for you more because they don't realize that although I talk a lot of shit, I'm really the nice, kind one, and you're like the evil one. But it doesn't <laughs> come across like in our, you know, like our like our performance on, or whatever you call this, whatever we're doing uh, here. And Teller, uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if if someone could come up with the the Joe Adid scorecard or something. Uh, that would that would be really funny. Uh, so thank funny. you thank you for listening. And yes, please subscribe because you know we just want to share goodness and joy with the world and share this episode with anyone that you think may benefit from it. Give us your comments at I Love Marketing. Until next time, this is Joe Polish and Dean Jackson wishing you a wonderful day. 